You're listening to the teaching ministry of Houston's First Baptist Church, a relevant biblical community. For more information, visit houstonsfirst.org. Well, as we start this new series from the book of Romans about giving ourselves for others, about making sacrifices to serve other people, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 14 if you got your Bible and welcome Sienna Campus, Cyprus, and downtown and digital family as well. And while you're turning your Bible to Romans 14, I want to tell you a couple things just kind of by the way. Last weekend, Easter weekend, I just want to give you an update. God did some amazing things in our church, which was just great. Changed lives, people coming to Christ as Savior, which was awesome. We had about 11,500 people on all campuses, which was amazing. And then you throw in the digital family, and we broadcast on TV as well, Channel 2 and Channel 11. And we had 47,000 people connect with our church to hear the gospel during Easter. Can we just give a celebration for that? So cool. So cool. So thanks for being a part of it. Thanks for maybe moving your service times around. Here at The Loop, we did two outdoor services at the lawn, and they were fabulous, really, really fun. So that was really great. And a couple weekends coming up, as Christy said, uh, in April, April 29th, uh, we're going to do One Day Houston. I want to just give you the vision of that. We're going to serve for four hours on Saturday. We want you to invite your friends and neighbors so that they can be a part of it. And whoever serves on that time will then go to the Toyota Center that night or Sunday night. And they will have a concert with Tim McGraw and Parker McCollum, Carrie Job leading worship. And then those country artists, they're going to say, let us tell you a little bit about the faith in Jesus Christ and then point to somebody who's going to share the gospel. So I want you to think rodeo with Jesus, okay? Uh, kind of happening there, which should be great. So we're going to see if maybe Tim and Faith will let me do a trio with them. I don't know if that's going to work, but I'll be there and excited about it. It's going to be great. So invite somebody to be a part of it partnering with hundreds of churches so that you can invite somebody. Everybody wants to serve, so let's serve together. And then let's take that person that maybe doesn't have a church or a relationship with the Lord and then say, hey, come with us because, man, you're going to hear some great, great music. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, so you can jump in with that. Okay, Romans 14. We're going to try to get through Romans, uh, and we're going to do all of 14 today, okay? So just get ready. Don't worry. I'm going to stay in the same time frames I always do. Maybe. Uh, no, I will. And so we're going to make it through, though, because I know, y'all, It once you go behind after Memorial Day, like nobody knows what I said before Memorial Day. So I don't want to ruin all of Romans. So we're going to get it done before Memorial Day. Romans 14, Paul's going to do something really neat. He's going to say we need unity in the church. We need the church to be unified. We don't want church splits over color of carpets. We don't want church splits over worship styles. We don't want people bickering about this or about that. So he says, I want to bring y'all together and get you unified. Now, it's important because Christians, we have a tendency to get a little sideways with each other. And so we see it throughout the scriptures. If you were to look into the book of Corinthians, 1 and 2 Corinthians, they were divided over which human leader to, to follow Paul or Apollos or whoever. There were some members even suing each other. In Galatians, they were biting and devouring each other. In Ephesians and Colossians, Paul had to remind them to have Christian unity. In the book of Philippians, there was two ladies that were at odds and they were about to split the church. And so we've got this understanding in Psalm 133 verse one, says, behold how good and pleasant it is for the believers to dwell in unity. There's something beautiful about a great church in unity. There's something ugly about a divided church. 
And so here we look at this in Romans chapter 14, because it's all throughout. Even the first church council in history debated things about diet and such in Acts chapter 15. So here's what Paul's got to do. He's got to take the Jewish believers in Christ and the Gentile believers in Christ and have them come together as a church. Now that's going to be hard because the Jews had certain days and they had certain diets. The Gentiles were basically worshiping false gods and well, they were doing whatever they want to do. And now you got to bring these two together. And do we have to do the certain days and certain diets? Do we just do what we want? How does this freedom in Christ work? And so he's got something to really work on. And we're going to be able to glean from it because there's a lot of things that can divide us. I mean, are we Android or are you iPhone? Which is it? Is it Chick-fil-A or is it Cane's? Which is it going to be for your chicken choices? What's going to happen? Well, in a small town in South Carolina, 800 households in South Carolina, they had a big fight that ended up becoming a social media fight that ended up being somebody actually got in a fist fight with somebody in their own house. And the whole fight was about Ford or Chevy pickup trucks. That's what it was. Now, we in Texas understand the value of a good truck, but that was the fight of Ford and Chevy. And it basically started because the Ford dealership put up one billboard and the Chevy dealership didn't like it. So they put up another billboard across the street. So here's the billboard so you can look at it and see. Here we go. The Ford folks put up behind every good Ford is a Chevy. Well, the Chevy people didn't like it, and they said, because you won't move out of the fast lane, is what they said. <laughs> and that resulted in somebody getting in a fist fight in their very house about Ford and Chevy. Now, we know the truth. What car does the Lord love? The Lord loves Honda. <laughs> Why does the Lord love Honda? Because all the disciples were in one accord. <laughs> they don't... Dad joke for you before Father's Day. They were all in one accord. Silly to fight about all these things. But yet we can get it in the church and it becomes a mess, right? It, let's look at Romans chapter 14. We're not going to hit every single verse. I'm going to lead you along here. Verses 1 through 8. We're going to give us a mouthful. I want you to particularly look at how many times the word Lord is mentioned. Eight or nine times. Here we go. Key verse, welcome anyone who is weak in faith, but don't argue about disputed matters. One person believes he may eat anything while the other person who is weak eats only vegetables. One person must not look down on the one who does not eat, and the one who does not eat must not judge the one who does, because God has accepted him. For who are you to judge another's household servant? Before his own Lord, he stands or falls. He will stand because the Lord is able to make him stand. So that's our first Lord right there in verse 4. <clears throat> one person judges one day to be more important than the other day. So Paul's basically talking about diet and days. Someone else judges every day to be the same. Let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. Whoever observes the day, observes it for the honor of the Lord. Number two, whoever eats, eats for the Lord. Three, since he gives thanks to God, whoever does not eat, it is for the Lord. Four, he does not eat and he gives thanks to God. Verse seven, for none of us lives for himself. This is the key of the, the whole chapter. And no one dies for himself. If we live, we live for the Lord. Here it is again. And if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, if we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For Christ died and returned to this to life for this, that he might be 
the Lord over all the dead and the living. So here we have, Paul's talking about days, he's talking about diets, and he's saying, okay, here's what I want you guys to come together in unity. First point in your listening guide is this, don't dispute topics, don't let disputed topics cause disunity. Don't let disputed topics cause disunity. Now, what do we mean by that? There are some things that are very clear in the scripture. Is it biblical or is it personal, traditional, or cultural? Okay. Is it biblical or is it personal, traditional, or cultural? I've been all over the world on mission trips, got to preach a lot of different places. Not every church around the world looks like what we look like right now. So it's a cultural thing. It could be a different thing of, of their traditions in that. But is the Bible being taught? Because the biblical part is different from cultural, personal, and traditional. So we know throughout the scriptures, we know a few things. We know many, just to name a few. Is this, the deity of Christ, that Jesus is the Son of God. The inerrancy of the Word, that the Word of God is the Bible. We know that from, from conception to death, life is valuable. We know sexual purity is taught throughout here. We know that we're not supposed to walk with anger. We're not supposed to, to treat our wives bad or treat your husbands bad or to be in drunkenness. We know all these things. Those are biblical things that there's no debate. But there's other things that we could say, well, ah, what do you think? So I remember when we were raised in our kids, one of the big books was Growing Kids God's Way. Well, do you have to do that? Or I felt like anybody who didn't say it, it was like, well, we're growing kids the devil's way, I guess is what we're doing because we hadn't read that book. Is it public school, private school, or homeschool? Well, it's up to you. Is it praise and worship like this? Is it praise and worship kneeling? Is it praise and worship halfway? Praise and worship all the way? Is it praise and worship windshield wiper? What is it? What's going on? What is it that God wants? What's the thing that's it? Well, it's different worship styles, quiet time, time. Maybe in the morning you spend time with God. In the afternoon you spend time with God. We know from the Bible we should daily spend time with God. Maybe it's 15 minutes for you, an hour for you. Maybe you think a pastor should wear a robe, a suit, or a sweater. I don't know. But to be able to say those are things that are the non-essential things, the non-essential things. Here, let me give you a mouthful of a sentence. When neutral issues are made essential, you have legalism. When essential things are made neutral, you have apostasy, which means leaving the faith. So when neutral issues are made central, you get legalism, right? When essential issues are made neutral, you end up basically taking the faith out. And we can see both in today's Christianity, can't we? There's some churches you're like, what's Christian about it? There's no Bible, there's no cross, there's no blood, there's no savior, there's no obedience, there's no sin. So what, but, but there's anything you want, right? And all the neutral issues have become essential. And so we've gotta be careful about that. Now, the same time I showed you, Lord, 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 Lord. So as I say these things and we make choices in our, our, our time with the Lord about neutral issues, there's a place for obedience. There's no doubt about it. Lord, 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 Lord. We are to be obedient to God. The church is to reject heresy. The church is to say sin is blatant. Jude says, contend for the faith. Matthew 18 says, pull your brother aside. And if he doesn't pay attention, take another friend with him. And on it goes. So there's real things about real sin, but we have to be discerning and understand because if not, the neutral issues can become divisive 
in the church and the central issue of the gospel and the good and the glory of God can become uh, moved out and we can end up not having the right witness that we need to have. So Paul's saying, don't let disputed topics cause disunity. St. Augustine put it like this, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, love. So we want to understand this and belong to God and walk with God. Maybe some of you remember this movie. If you're a little bit older than me or my age, you'll remember it. It was named Chariots of Fire. I saw it as a little kid. I thought it was the most boring, long movie in the history of the world. And now I've watched it again as an adult, and it's awesome. It's great, because now I understand what's going on. I just fell asleep in the piano parts when I was a kid. But now I'm like, wow. So if you hadn't seen it, it's a great movie to watch. It's a story about the Olympics and a guy named Eric Little that ended up becoming a missionary to China. And his meet, his race fell on Sunday. And he decided, no, I'm not going to run. It's on Sunday and I'm not going to run. And that's work. And I'm not going to do it. And he got out of the race and everybody was upset with him. And God blessed it because that was his conviction. And he ended up winning other races. But should we take from Eric Little that right now I am in sin because I'm working on the Sabbath? Well, the pastor's got to work on the Sabbath. My Sabbath's Friday. That's just how it goes. I get to do the Texans chaplain, chapel each year a time or two. Well, in doing that, are those guys sinning by using their gifts in professional sports by working on Sunday? I would say no. Should we take Eric Little and make that the conviction all the way around? Or is God talking about a Sabbath heart and these days aren't quite the same that we have? So there's different things that happen. Personal preferences and way things, the ways things go. One of really famous pastor, you've heard of him before, his name's Charles Spurgeon, late 1800s. Charles Spurgeon and Joseph Parker, you might not have heard of him. They were both pastors in London. They were great friends and they began to share one another's pulpits and they were just great friends. But then Joseph Parker didn't like that Charles Spurgeon smoked cigars and Charles Spurgeon didn't like that Joseph Parker went to the theater. And so they got mad at each other and it ended up in the papers in London that they were having a fight over cigars and going to the theater and two pastors didn't get along. How's that go for the gospel in London? right? It's not a good deal. Just keep it yourself. Do your own thing, right? To be able to understand that. So we've got to be unified in our relationship with God. Now, let me give you your next point, and we're going to jump into the next little part of Scripture. Don't let your liberty lead someone to stumble, okay? Romans 6.1, should sin increase because grace abounds? May it never be. And so sometimes people can use their liberty or their, their uh, I'm free in Christ is a place of stumbling block for somebody else. So well, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. No, don't use your liberty for someone else to stumble. Look in verse 13, okay? And I want you to remember 13. We're going to jump back to it, read a few verses, and we'll come back to 13. Therefore, let us not judge one another. Instead, decide never to put a stumbling block or pitfall, remember those two words, in the way of your brother or sister. I know and I'm persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. Now just stop right there. For Paul to say that as a former Jewish scholar killing Christians when he was Saul, learning underneath the Pharisees, for him to say, verse 14, I know and I'm persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. That's a humongous statement for that level of Judaism for him to say. 
because he's come to Jesus Christ as Savior. Remember Peter with the sheet coming down in Acts? Still, to someone who considers a thing unclean, to that one it's unclean. Okay, follow your conscience. Verse 15, for if your brother or sister is hurt by what you eat, you're no longer walking according to love. Don't destroy by what you eat someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, don't let your good be slandered. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever serves Christ in this way is acceptable to God and receives human approval. So verse 13, he gives us two different things. He says, number one, don't be a stumbling block. The Greek word really means what you would think it would mean, something that your foot could catch on and you would stumble over. So don't let your life be something that you're stumbling over. And then the next one's real interesting, pitfall. This word pitfall or hindrance, some of your Bibles may say. It's the Greek word scandalon. What verb, what word do you think we get from that? Scandal, right? Scandalon would be scandal. So don't set a trap for somebody. Don't put something that's going to be a pitfall in a trap in their life. So Paul's saying, I want you to walk in a way that your earthly things give way to the heavenly things that are happening. I don't want you to do something that's going to mess with somebody's heart for Jesus. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Now, I want you to know as a pastor, as a Christian leader, uh, for years and years now, I don't know, 30 years maybe now, I have given up a lot of things and I've taken on a lot of things to hopefully not be a stumbling block or a pitfall to anybody else. Now, give you a couple examples. Give you an example. I, in my heart, you don't have to do this. I'm not trying to, later on, I'm going to give you a, a point that's going to say, don't share your penguins, keep it before you and God, but I'm going to share with you my, just, just what I do. I made the commitment a long, long time ago, I don't go to R-rated movies. I just don't. I missed a lot of great movies. They're probably really, really good. And unless it's like, I've checked it out with two or three people and the only reason it's R is because it is historically accurate and the violence of it or whatever makes it that. But I, I just don't. Now, why don't I do that? Because every time I go to the movie, somebody walks in and says, Pastor Greg, what are you going to see? And I feel like if I say Death Wish 5, it's gonna be a problem. Because they're gonna get in their movie and they're gonna be like, Pastor Greg's want to see Death Wish 5? I mean, isn't that like a, they cut people's, you know, limbs off? I mean, that's like 50 people dying. I mean, what's, he's in, the, and they, they can't even enjoy their movie because they're worried about me and Death Wish 5, right? <laughs> it's not worth it. I've missed some good movies. Sure, I have. But for the gospel of Jesus Christ, who cares? Who cares? There's plenty of other things in my life as well. And so, being able to say, don't let your liberty lead someone to stumble. It's liberty in Jesus, not license to do whatever you want. It's walking with God in such a way that Jesus is the most important thing in your life. Now, give you another illustration. We've had a mission trip that just went and got back a few months ago to South Asia. It's incredible what God did. I mean, just amazing. I didn't get to go on it, but man, I was like, I wish I'd have gone on that trip. It was incredible. Well, they're reaching people in South Asia. Well, one of the things that the missionaries and a lot of the believers love in this area of South Asia, they love beef jerky. Like beef jerky is like the thing. They're like, if you can bring us some beef jerky, that is the thing. Now, I like beef jerky as much as the next guy, but I'm not like crazy about beef jerky. 
but they never eat beef jerky in front of someone that has just come to Christ in that country. Why? Because beef is not something you eat in this country. And they would be like, what? They never share Christ if it's like that. They know it'll be a stumbling block. Here's what they've decided. The gospel is better than beef jerky. You see it? I mean, I'm just giving you a silly illustration, but it's not silly to them. In our context, they're like, what? Now they can just, well, I got it in my pocket. Nobody knew. And I just, you know, it's beef jerky. This is talking about souls here, about people's lives. And where Paul says, therefore, uh, do not destroy, in verse 15, by what you eat, someone whom Christ died for. You see the value? You see the value? And so if you start a fight every time trying to tell what school choice is yours, quit it. If you start a fight every time talking about your preference of music or this or that, stop. It's not worth it. Yes, that's the way the Lord's led you. That's wonderful. That's great. But it doesn't matter. It's about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so if I'm going to have anything in my life, I don't want to show up to a place and try to be the most oppressive person in the room so that when everybody leaves, they go, well, I'm not as good as him. They don't show up and try to be the prettiest lady in the room so everybody's, oh, I'm not as pretty as her. Why would you do that? It's the gospel of Jesus that you're to be winsome with. Not you, not your intellect, not your looks, not the stuff you have. It's beef jerky, guys. And Paul says, lay it down for the sake of someone's heart. So what can we do to promote peace in the church? What can we do to promote peace in the church? Now, we're doing great. This isn't like, oh, I've been waiting on this message forever because we're about to have a church split. Everything's fine. But to be able to look this teaching in the eye and say, okay, what can we do? Okay, let's do this. Let's look. Now, let me take you. I'm going to take you verse by verse. We're going to begin in verse 19 and 20, and he's going to give us a verse and a point, a verse and a point, a verse and a point. Okay? So here we go. Here's our first one. Verse 19. So then, let us pursue what promotes peace. Okay, that sounds good. What builds one another up. All right. Verse 20. Here's our first point. Don't tear down God's work because of food. Everything is clean, but it is wrong to make someone fall by what he eats. The first thing is this. God's work is at stake. God's work is at stake. D.L. Moody put it like this. He said, I've never known the Spirit of God to work where the Lord's people are divided. I've never known the Spirit of God to work in a place where the Lord's people is invited, or divided. So we've got to be realizing that the work of the Lord is at stake the work of the Lord is at stake. That's what we want to be able to do. So we don't want to debate, well, which Bible translation do you have? Well, how do you worship? Well, what do you sing? Well, what do you do? What do you think about the color of carpet? What do you think about this? Wait there. We want to be focused on the biblical things that say, Lord, we're walking with you. Warren Wiersbe said, people who are busy winning souls for Christ have more important things to do. So when we get about the gospel, when we get about sharing Jesus Christ, then everything seems to take place or take care of itself. Verse 21 Here's what it says. It is good, it is a good thing not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that makes your brother or sister stumble. When in doubt, it's better to refrain than to stain someone's view of Jesus. When in doubt, some of you are like, well, what do you, what, what can I do? What, 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 when in doubt, it's better to refrain than to stain someone's view of Jesus. Here's how I put it, ministering to college students that I did so many years. Does it hurt your walk or your witness? If it hurts your walk with Christ, you're depending on this 
instead of Jesus, that's a problem. If it hurts your witness and someone looks and goes, oh, they're a Christian? Huh, who'd have thought, right? That's a problem. So you show up at your office place, and I mean, you've, you've got four-letter words coming out of your mouth from the front door to the back door. That's going to hurt your witness. And so we've got these things that we've got to look and we've got to see, okay, how can I refrain instead of staying? Does it hurt my walk? Does it hurt my witness? I'm free in Christ. I'll do whatever I want to do. Yeah, but you're, you're dealing with souls, and so that might be a stumbling block for somebody else. So you walk into the movie theater. You say, hey, Pastor Greg, what are you going to see? And I said, man, as soon as I finish my beer, I'm going to smoke a joint. I'm off to Death Wish 5. <laughs> wow, I don't know what I think about that. Uh, now I've ruined not only your movie, your meal afterwards as well. Well, I know we were on vacation in Colorado and you could smoke joints there, but I don't feel like that should be what Pastor Greg's doing, you know? So, not worth it. And I can assure you those are not three temptations. I'm really like, oh, I can't wait when I'm not a pastor. Death wish seven. And a doobie. And I'm going for it, right? No. The souls of Jesus Christ. There's things I don't want to do because I don't want my kids to see me doing it. I don't want them raised in a house doing that. Because they're at some point going to want to be an adult. And if that's their signals of what makes an adult, they got the wrong signals. What makes an adult is being a godly man, being a godly woman, and being mature enough to sacrifice your wishes for the benefit of somebody else. And ladies, by the way, that's what makes a good husband too and a good wife. And so here in this moment, it is refrain rather than stain. Number three, verse 22. Whatever you believe about these things, keep, a self, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. So number three, influence people towards Jesus, not your opinions. Influence people towards Jesus and not your opinions. Now, there's things we stand for in our culture, for sure. We stand for right. We stand for, for things that are of God. We stand for the things of the Bible. We stand for things we see our country going a way that's not biblical. Well, then we stand up, we vote. We do all those things. Yes, 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 yes. But there's in our society, do you feel it? Do you see it? Are you doing it? That we got to tell everything we think every time we think it. And it's just this social media vomit going on all the time. And he says, look, there's some things you just need to keep between you and God. You know, that's true. There's still, there's still some things, students, listen, that just need to be private. Not everything needs to be public. It's going to bite you in the end. We hire people, we watch, we look at their social media. And so when we see something that's just society just going, 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 there's things that just need to be secret before you and the Lord. You remember Mary pondered these things in her heart, right? She pondered these things. So you got an opinion on X, you got an opinion on Y, you think it's Ford, you think it's Chevy, you think it's iPhone, you think it's Android, you think it's this, you think it's that. You just, maybe, maybe everybody doesn't need to know if it's going to hinder somebody from coming to Jesus. So that's where Paul says, keep it between yourself and God and develop your walk with the Lord. Verse 23, our last verse of scripture. Here we go, verse 23. Y'all should be super impressed that we're at the end of the chapter at this point. But whoever doubts stands condemned. If he eats, because his eating is not from faith. And everything that is not from faith, this is a big statement, everything that is not from faith is 
sin. So here we have the last thing, make decisions by faith and walk in grace. Make decisions by faith and walk in grace. So you take that thing from the Lord, whatever it is that's kind of in your heart right now, you're like, I, I kind of do that. I shouldn't do that. I don't know if I should do that. What do I think about that? Take that to the Lord. Take it to wise counsel. Take it to a place of prayer and make decisions walking in faith. Don't walk in license because that hinders our faith. Don't walk in legalism because that removes faith. Walk instead in liberty in the spirit that requires faith. And then when that requiring of the faith we're able to walk in those ways to say, Lord, I just want to please you. You tell me what's pleasing you. And it may be different seasons of your life, different things please the Lord and different freedoms are there and different things where he says, hey, it's peak jerky. It's time to lay it down for the season of life. It's hindering you. It's hindering the gospel of Jesus going through you. And that is the ball game. So let me wrap it up with this. The selfless self. Is there a sacrifice when you're a passionate Ford guy and you can't tell your Chevy friend? Maybe so. Is there a sacrifice that you have to lay some things down and say, Lord, I give it to you and take some things up for the goodness of your kids, of your family, of the people around you, of your workplace, of the places where you are? Is there some things you got to kind of keep your mouth closed on? You got a fired up opinion, but it's going to be a divisive opinion. And you just need to keep it between you and the Lord. And there's a sacrifice for these things. Yes, there could be a sacrifice. But here's what I submit to you is this. Then when you sacrifice for Jesus Christ, it's no sacrifice at all. It actually brings joy. I printed in your listening guide for you a quote that I'm going to read. And I printed it for you because I wanted you to have it to take it home. And this quote is from a guy named David Livingston. And David Livingston was a missionary, an explorer, and a doctor in Africa in the kind of mid to late, teen, uh, mid to late 1800s. He was from London, and he went into Africa, and everybody's like, whoa, how are you doing this? You're going to leave London, and you're going to go to Africa. What a sacrifice, leaving your family, leaving your friends, leaving all these things in London. What a sacrifice. And he responded by this. Here's what he said. For my own part, I have never ceased to rejoice that God has appointed me to such an office. And let me just insert, I'm so happy to be a pastor. Please, or people talk of the sacrifice I have made in spending so much of my life in Africa. Is that a sacrifice which brings its own blessed reward in, a, in healthy activity, in the consciousness of doing good? peace of mind and bright hope of a glorious destiny hereafter? Saying, is that a sacrifice? Away with the word sacrifice. In such a view and with such a thought, it is emphatically no sacrifice. Say rather, it's a privilege. Anxiety, sickness, suffering, or danger now and then with a foregoing of common conveniences and charities of life, make us pause and cause the spirit to waver and the soul to sink. So good, don't lose it. But let this only be for a moment. All these are nothing when compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. And here it is, you ready? I never made a sacrifice is what he says. I never made a sacrifice, 
because when you get the earthly things in the right perspective and the heavenly things in the right perspective and God can use you, it's beef jerky. Lay it down and find the joy of Jesus using you in a great way. What are those things for you? I can't tell you, I don't know. I know a few for me and it's never been a sacrifice. And I'm blessed to hopefully, hopefully all of us to be a vessel that God can use and not be a stumbling block or a pitfall. Young adults and students in particular, please take this to heart. Please, because some of the stuff that you can get into can get you in a lot of trouble long-term. Please take it to the Lord. I say that as your pastor and friend. And to all of us to say, there is no sacrifice. You know what the sacrifice of Christianity is? Jesus dying on the cross me receiving Jesus as my Savior and Him filling my heart with the Holy Spirit and giving me abundant life is no sacrifice. I'll take Jesus over beef jerky any day of the week. Father, we come in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for that sacrifice of you on the cross. What a blessing. What a joy. We thank you. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for these words of Paul. That you, Lord, had him doing something really amazing to try to lead the Roman Christians of Jews and Gentiles. And you did something great there. We love you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to stand together and worship. I should have said it in the message because it's too good to leave out. David Livingston, his heart was buried in Africa and his body was buried in London because his heart was for the people so much. Let's bury our hearts under the tree of people that we selflessly serve with our lives as we give our lives and place our trust in Jesus. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Houston's First Baptist Church. We invite you to worship with us at one of our four locations at The Loop, Cypress, Downtown, or Siena. Follow us on social media or visit us online at houstonsfirst.org.